This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11512 MHz vertical polarization azimuth 16 degrees east symbol rate 29950 mega symbols per second standard DVB S2 modulation 8 PSK audio PID 510 we wish you good reception conditions hello i'm cristina matescu with the news First, the headlines. Romania's President Klaus Johannes is making an official visit to Japan with a joint declaration on the establishment of a bilateral strategic partnership to be signed during the visit. Experts from Romania and Ukraine are meeting to work on a plan to carry out depth measurements on the Bistroje Canal in the Danube Delta. And the Chamber of Deputies is debating a simple no-confidence motion filed by the opposition against the Social Democrat Labour Minister Marius Budai. On Monday, on the first day of his official visit to Japan, Romania's President Klaus Johannes had talks with the President of the House of Councillors, Hidehisa Osuji, and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Hiroyuki Hosoda. Talks focused on the Romania-Japan strategic partnership and the regional security situation. The Japanese officials underlined that the strategic partnership creates new opportunities for cooperation in the economic sector, trade, research and innovation. With respect to the security situation, the Japanese officials emphasized that Japan and Romania share the same vision and approach and conveyed their appreciation of Romania's sustained actions and efforts to support Ukraine both with the refugees and to facilitate the transit of cereals. On Tuesday, President Johannes is to be received by Emperor Naruhito. He will later also meet Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, together signing a joint declaration on the establishment of the Romania-Japan Strategic Partnership. On Wednesday, the Romanian president will meet local officials from Kyoto. On Thursday and Friday, he will make a state visit to Singapore, the first at this level in the last 20 years, where he will have talks with President Halima Jacob and Prime Minister Lee Hsien Long. Experts from Romania and Ukraine are meeting today to discuss a plan for conducting measurements of the Bistroje Canal and Kilia branch in the Danube Delta, an activity due to begin on the 15th of March and last 10 days. European officials are also arriving in Bucharest today to collect data from the Romanian and Ukrainian authorities. Bucharest has voiced concerns that the Ukrainian side may have deepened the navigable waterway in the Bistroje Canal more than agreed, which would have a negative impact on the Danube Delta ecosystems. Bistroje is not part of the European transport network, and deepening it would allow for the passing of high-tonnage commercial ships. Under international treaties, the Sulina Canal is the only one to be used for the transport of maritime goods in the Danube Delta. 
The Chamber of Deputies is today debating a simple no-confidence motion against Labour Minister Marius Budai, filed by the Save Romania Union and unaffiliated MPs from the Force of the Right, with voting to be held on Tuesday. Minister Budai is accused of not drafting the right bill to eliminate special pensions and of intentionally delaying getting rid of these privileges. The Special Pensions Bill has been on Parliament's table for debate for some time, with the Finance Ministry yet to present a report on the budget impact. Also today, Finance Minister Adrian Kuciu is expected in Parliament to explain why the country's budget deficit reached record high levels and why financing costs are among the highest in the European Union. The Romanian authorities are considering blocking TikTok app from the work phones of public sector employees after the European Commission and the European Parliament made a similar decision due to cybersecurity concerns. The Minister for Research, Innovation and Digitalization, Sebastian Burduja, said recently that the TikTok ban is analyzed by all institutions involved. The leaders of the ruling coalition, Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă and the Speaker of the Chamber of Deputies, Marcel Ciolacu, said Romania should have the same approach as the European institutions. TikTok may also be banned in the US, with the Republicans already submitting a bill in Congress that would clear the way for the President to ban the app. Violent clashes took place in the Greek capital Athens on Sunday between demonstrators and the police during a new protest in the wake of a train crash in which 57 people were killed four days ago. The tragedy generated a lot of anger around the country, despite the apologies offered by Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis. Large demonstrations were also held in other cities in Greece against the government, the negligence and the problems in the railway sector. Tens of thousands also protested against government policies regarding hospitals, schools and universities. In Larissa, the city closest to the site of the accident, the station master was charged with negligent homicide and he admitted responsibility for the collision of two trains running on the same track. And that was the news. In Romania, the new education bills are to be discussed this week within ministries. Then they will be submitted for approval by the government and parliament. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this report written by Corina Criste. Submitted for public review a few days ago, the new legislative package on education includes the Undergraduate Education Bill and the Higher Education Bill, both of them officially endorsed by the government. The main declared goals are to improve the quality of public education and reduce functional illiteracy. Many changes are stipulated. The Undergraduate Education Bill provides for compulsory nationwide evaluations in language and communication and in maths and science at the end of the second, fourth and sixth grade. High schools will be able to organize admission tests for maximum 60% of the number of places available after students have graduated the compulsory national evaluation. 
As for the high school graduation exam, for humanities students, it will include a written test in maths, physics, chemistry or biology, while science students will also have to prove that they have acquired basic skills in psychology, sociology, logics, economics or philosophy. The Higher Education Bill increases the PhD studies period from three to four years, with postgrad students allowed to conduct paid teaching activities. The Line Minister Ligia Deca told Radio Romania about the most important changes. In principle, there are reforms aimed at improving the quality of public education and at reducing functional illiteracy. This includes increasing the performance of teaching staff and improving the outlook on and support for the teaching career, including a substantial increase of salaries and more respect for teachers in society. Basically, the entire salary scheme in public education will start from the average national wage level, so any entry-level teacher will have this perspective of a decent salary. We will also improve the quality of teachers' training by introducing a teaching MA program, 80% of which will consist of practical activities under the guidance of a mentor, at various education levels and in various environments so that we may have entry-level teachers who are well-trained and prepared for the challenges they will be facing in the classroom. There will be an entire series of national programs, one of which will seek to reduce dropout rates by means of providing school supplies, covering commuting costs, healthy meals for over one million children. Support will also be given in the form of remedial classes in order to cover the schooling gaps that, unfortunately, the pandemic has left among our children. As Minister Ligia Deca also said, a national program to reduce functional illiteracy will also be in place. By means of the educational portfolio and annual testing, this program seeks to ensure that children no longer leave school with inadequate literacy skill levels at the PISA test taken at the age of 15. Romania's President Klaus Johannes will pay an official visit to Japan when he will sign the declaration for the creation of a strategic partnership between the two states. I am Vlad Palku with a report by Leila Kamil. Bucharest and Tokyo want to strengthen bilateral ties, which on Tuesday will be elevated to the level of strategic partnership. This is the purpose of the three-day official visit paid by Romania's President Klaus Johannes to Japan. On Tuesday, Klaus Johannes will meet with Japan's Emperor Naruhito, and Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, with whom he will sign the joint declaration for the creation of the strategic partnership between the two states. The head of state had announced earlier this year, during his traditional meeting with ambassadors accredited in Romania, that relations with Japan will be improved in 2023. The signing of this document is the result of a long process of consultations and negotiations launched five years ago by President Klaus Johannes and the late Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. This will be Romania's second strategic partnership with an Asian state after South Korea. 
The strategic partnership will also mark the transition to a superior level of capitalizing on bilateral potential, shared values and principles. The document will advance Romanian-Japanese cooperation at multiple levels, including foreign policy and security cooperation, development assistance, cooperation in the fields of culture, science and technologies, innovation, research and development. Japan is Romania's largest Asian investor. 400 businesses with Japanese capital operate in Romania, accounting for 40,000 jobs. Growth potential is significant, including in fields with the potential for innovation, such as the development of small modular reactor technologies, producing and distributing green hydrogen, producing high-power optics, state-of-the-art infrastructure, or finalizing the M6 subway line in Bucharest. From this point of view, the Romanian president's visit to Japan will have a strong economic component designed to strengthen ties in terms of investments and technological innovation cooperation, in addition to political dialogue and consolidating cultural exchanges and person-to-person -person relations. President Klaus Johannes previously visited Japan in 2019 when he attended the enthronement of Emperor Naruhito, and that has wrapped up our newscast. Coming up next in today's broadcast, it's Hit of the Day. Listen to Dora Gaitanovic with her latest folklore-inspired song called Moldovano.
You are listening to Radio Romania International. The History Show. Hello, this is Daniel Bielc on the microphone. The relation socialist Romania had with North Korea from the 1970s to 1989 was quite good. There are two explanations for the positive trend of the relations between two countries that were so far away from one another. The first explanation has to do with the two communist leaders, Nicolae Ceausescu and Kim Il-sen, being in mutual harmony in terms of opinions and personality. The second explanation pertains to the two communist countries' economic interests. Romania had to expand its economic relations beyond Europe, while North Korea sought to approach a European country. Colonel Emil Burgela was appointed a military attaché in 1970 and spent a couple of years in North Korea. In 2000, Colonel Burgela was interviewed by Radio Romania's Oral History Center. Back then, he gave an account of what the level had been of the economic exchange between Romania and North Korea prior to his departure to his post. In the Asian country, Romania mainly exported Bucej trucks, made in the Staguroshu, the red flag plants in Brasov, spare parts and information on the service. North Korea was hungry for any kind of technology and intended to set up a national industry. Burgela reminisced Korean's performances carried in primitive conditions, but also their unfair commercial practices. They made special steels for their heavy weaponry, and we were taken aback because of that. How in God's name something like that could come along when we back home were required expertise from the West all the time, which meant investments and a lot of money. The second issue was about the Koreans' mobilization. They were fourfold between a rock and a hard place. They were caught between the four empires, the Russian, the Chinese, the Japanese and the American one. From us, they received automatic glasses made in Arad or Brasov, and we saw them removing the Romanian language labels from the lathe, reading made in they replaced them with other labels in Korean. They shipped them to South Korea, saying they had been made by them. And we didn't object to that in any way. They were trying to mobilize their forces to create. There they had many cement lines made by us. The North Koreans' interest was largely in the military and the military capabilities while their economy was subordinated to the doctrine of militarization. Here is again Colonel Emil Burgela. They took an interest in anything, actually. They even visited our shipyards in Mangalia. In aviation, in tanks, artillery, they were very interested in that. They made their coastal artillery and your hair stood on end 
when and how they took it out. You couldn't see anything from the shore, neither could you see where it was hidden. They managed to put up a very advanced defense system, which was even nuke-proof. At a certain time, we Romanians were a step ahead, so to say. We had a tradition in terms of military technology and equipment that we were building at our plant in Reshica, such as the formidable 75 anti-tank gun or the device made by inventor Bungescu. We had the aircraft plant in Brasov, which was building helicopters, and ran a contract with the USSR for building a Katyusha-type rocket launcher. For this reason, they used to visit us a lot back then, and whenever they went to Ceausescu, they usually asked for another type of weapon. And Ceausescu gave them everything they asked for, we took them on tours around our weapon factories, and whenever they get there, officers would pull out their notebooks and start taking notes. They came to study the army house in Brasov, and when they started building their own, we sent them experts. But you need more than weapons to build a strong army. You also need training. North Koreans started training their troops at a very early age. They took the training of their soldiers very seriously under the motto One Against One Hundred. They believed their enemies had more troops and they wanted their soldiers to be able to stand up to more enemy soldiers. They laid emphasis on martial arts and trained their troops extensively. They provided weapon training to children with ages between 12 and 14, like Boy Scouts. Their scouts were called pioneers at that time, and the pioneer house in Pyongyang, as well as in other cities, were fitted with special classes and workshops providing military training, teaching children how to use infantry weapons like machine guns and rocket launchers. The high level of mutual trust was benefiting both sides, and Romania had access to raw materials from North Korea. Here is again Emil Burgela. We didn't give them technology for free, you know. Their country had great deposits of anthracite and we needed their anthracite. They exported many things to Romania like tobacco, anthracite, fish, and Ceausescu wasn't that generous without a purpose, apart from the political ones, of course. And that's all from our history show. Next on Radio Romania International, Think Greener. Welcome to Think Greener. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. According to a survey conducted by the energy think tank Ember, Romania is the European Union's second largest methane emitter, while Poland is the main European producer of methane emissions, with over two-thirds of the total emissions in coal mines in the European Union. Whereas Poland has several operational coal pits, Romania has tried to close many of them down, in order to comply with the EU policy of moving away from fossil fuels and coal in particular. 
At the end of this month, the European Parliament committees will vote on the last amendments to the regulation that seeks, among other things, to control the amount of methane fugitive emissions allowed for coal pits. Fugitive emissions are emissions of gas, typically natural gas, which contains methane, to atmosphere or groundwater, which result from oil and gas or coal mining activity. A recent amendment provides for an increase of the ventilation threshold for coal pits from 0.5 to 5 tons of methane per kiloton of coal by 2031, after which it will be lowered to 3 tons. The report warns that two major loopholes in the EU regulation on methane may lead to the Union's failing to meet its environment goals. Instead of a 58% reduction of methane emissions, only a 47% reduction would be achieved, which means an additional 2.2 million tons of additional methane emissions, the equivalent of 180 million tons of carbon dioxide over the target. The European Union's plans to restructure coal mines have been reconsidered since Russia's aggression against Ukraine. With oil and natural gas imports from Russia suspended, the European Union was forced to find alternative sources of energy, including coal. Under these circumstances, Romania has increased its coal extraction capacity in existing mines without opening new ones. Romania has 17 underground and above-ground coal pits, but the problem for the environment is represented by the pits that are being shut down. They are a source of methane emissions, and in this respect, Romania is responsible for 85% of the methane emitted by decommissioned coal mines in the EU. The Amber report concludes that if at least half of these emissions could be tapped, Romania might generate enough electricity and heating for 19,000 hospital beds. You have been listening to Think Greener. Next in this program, sports. Welcome everyone to Sports Roundup. I'm Vlad Palku. Romanian athletes have grabbed two medals at the European Athletics Championships hosted by Istanbul, Turkey. On Saturday, Claudia Bobocha grabbed silver in the 1500-meter race, while on Sunday, Gabriel Vitan scooped bronze in the long jump event. In the indoor event, Romania was represented by 14 athletes, four of whom secured qualification in the finals. Apart from Boboce and Bitan, Alina Rotaru ranked fifth in the long jump event, while Daniela Stanciu finished the high jump event in the seventh position. Romania last won medals in European indoor competitions in 2015 in Prague, 
when Marian Oprah won silver in the triple jump event and Florentina Yushko also won bronze in the long jump event. At the European Gymnastics Championships in Doha, Qatar, Romanian athlete Sabrina Voina on Saturday won gold in the beam and floor events. In the beam final, Sabrina prevailed with a score of 13.766 points. The silver medal went to Anna Laschewska of Ukraine, while Leonie Malevsky of Germany won bronze. In the floor final, Sabrina won with 13,600 points. According to Ager Press News Agency, which quotes the Facebook page of the Romanian Gymnastics Federation, Sabrina was followed by Kiaki Hakateka of Japan and Australia's Brianna Scott. This was the first international competition for Romanian athletes this season and the first appearance in seniors' competitions for Sabrina Voina. Romania's rugby team on Sunday lost 31-7 to Georgia and Tbilisi in the Rugby Europe Championship semi-final. Following this result, the Oaks will play Spain in the bronze final two weeks from now in Badajoz. Georgia will play Portugal in the big final. We go out with news from football this weekend saw matches counting towards the 29th round of the domestic football championship. On Friday, Universitata Cluj won 2-0 against Farul Constanza. On Saturday, FC Ukraiova won 1-0 against FC Botoshani, while FC Hermannstadt won 1-0 against Rapid Bucharest. On Sunday, FC Mioven won 2-0 against Kindia Târgoviște. Universitata Craiova won 1-0 against Petrolul Ploiești, while UTA Arad won 3-1 against FCSB at home. On Monday, FC Voluntar will play FC Argeș, while Shepsis Fantu Gheorghe will take on CFA Cluj. Farul tops the league tables with 61 points, followed by CFR Cluj with 59 points. And this has been all in Sports Roundup. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Hi there, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with a new show in the Music Time series. Unlike in previous installments, my guest this week is not a musician or a band, but rather a music fan who has decided to take his love for music and put it to use. Ciprian Moga is the co-founder and coordinator of Jazz Fan Rising, an association of jazz lovers who joined forces to organize events featuring the musicians they love. Tell me a little first about the history of the association, how it started, how it developed. Oh, thank you for having me first. A pleasure to be here. About Jazz Fundraising, we started in 2015. We were uh, a group of people that meet uh, on all the jazz events in Romania, festivals and jazz venue, and you know each other. The mm-hmm. same is happened with people that are going to Georgianescu Festival. Yeah. You know each other, you just uh, say hello and so on. And I have the idea, what if these people could do something together? And we start to organize a concert with the artists we want. Mm-hmm. Because every music lover, could be jazz, could be classical music, could be anything, uh, aspire to see something else. Yeah. And uh, knowing that these gentlemen, they are mostly men, there are some ladies too, uh, knowing that these gentlemen have huge music collection at home, I know, I'm sure we can make a good choice together. So mm. this is how we started, uh, saying uh, let's make a democratical selection of the artist and uh, having 
10, 15, 20 people who know music and decide together, maybe we'll do something similar to what an artistic director or a mm -hmm. festival could do. Mm -hmm. And this is how we started. We have in 2015 a first concert with a musician from Norway. But we chose it because it was very, very special. It was a jazz saxophonist from Norway who also is opera tenor. His name is uh, Hokon Konstad. It was the first time he played in Romania. I remember we rented the Green Hours basement mm -hmm, at the time mm -hmm. and it was full house. And uh, we are very happy to see that uh, he was invited later on by other big festivals. He was uh, one of the hits of Garuna jazz in I think uh, 2017 or 18, something like that. He played in front of thousands of people. So we say this way with the, with the example of musician like Hokon Kornstadt, we are uh, achieving our vision. Mm -hmm. What we want at Just One Rising is to bring your name to Romania. Do you exclusively invite foreign artists to perform? It's a democratical process and of selection of the artists, which means everybody from the group mm -hmm. can invite anybody. I see. Propose so to do the you group. Vote on the. We vote. We okay. vote because uh, <laughs> it is about pleasure and uh, belief in the artist plus uh, money. I see. Because it's not only a vote; it's also a funding. Uh, and we learn along the years that we need to pay attention to also to the public because mm -hmm. we need also to sell tickets mm -hmm. to balance uh, the budget. So uh, most of the time we invited uh, from outside Romania. I see. It was just one case when the movie festival from Cluj, TIF, asked us to give us an idea and uh, we made a kind of uh, special project with Romanians and Austrians. We invited a band from Romania and a band from, from Austria to make a kind of speed dating, meaning to meet three days before the concert. We put them in a nice basement in Cluj with good food and wine <laughs> and invite them to create a show and it was a smash hit. Actually, it was full house, sold out concerts. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we had also Romanian musicians. <laughs> it see. was a Romanian-Austrian jazz uber jam. This was a title of uh -huh. the project. <laughs> okay. You mentioned money. Where does the money come from? First, there are the members of the association who pay in an amount of money, and this helps mostly to cover the artist fees. Mm -hmm. It's the most important cost. Along the time, we learn to sell tickets because no one of us, we know this job. We are lawyers, we are doctors, we are entrepreneurs, corporate people. If you want, we know a bit of management. We have this experience mm -hmm. of managing a business. Mm -hmm. So maybe this helped because we see maybe what other organizer didn't do well. Sell better tickets, uh, make better promotion, take mm -hmm. care about how the public feels. And maybe this is a success. Speaking about the public, the vast majority of the ticket buyers for us are uh, women. Really? Yes. <laughs> Most of the buyers of other jazz organizers are men, 40 and plus. How do you <laughs> explain that? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's a statistical observation based mm -hmm. on sales, based on GDPR legal databases. I see. But you don't specifically target the women? Pic, uh, not particularly. A picture of, of from the concert. So if you look on our Facebook page, mm -hmm. Just One Rising on Facebook, most of the uh, people sitting are women. I've been there, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> so one of them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Since we are talking about the public, it is my impression that the number and the scale of jazz festivals in Romania is growing. We have Garunas Mida, the Jazz in the Park series, all sorts of jazz festivals lately. Is jazz really gaining 
fans? Or is it just... I think the spread of the jazz festivals all around the country fills a space because mm -hmm. there is a potential that is not totally satisfied. There are cities where jazz is not represented by a local organizer. For example, Yash is just starting. Yash, being a major city of Romania, doesn't have a tradition in making jazz. They're just starting. Craiova is making uh, the jazz festival is done by the Philharmonics. So there is yeah. room, room for many more jazz festivals. Mm -hmm. So right now there is a race to fill the places where it's public for, the gaps, for jazz. Yeah. For, for jazz. So it, it is a growth in number. Many of these festivals are public funded. Jazz fundraising is private funded. Knowing what happens on private side, uh, maybe there is work to do uh, on other festivals to be less and less dependent from public funds. Which is a problem because public funding is not very re reliable as yeah. far as I know. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's quite uh, procedural, a lot of uh, formalities. Yeah and paperwork and late payments, which is very, very difficult. We talked about the public, which I think is also interested in uh, more recent trends and new music and what happens internationally in jazz. Are Romanian musicians up to speed? As far no, as you definitely know? not. No? And one of the reasons we start thinking to this association in the very beginnings, we are fans who are going frequently to jazz bars in Cluj, Bucharest, and mm -hmm. listening to local musicians, listening to them in festivals, and trying to persuade them to see what are the movement of jazz mm -hmm. in Europe, to, yeah. to speak about something close. And um, the answer was not uh, very, very enthusiastic. <laughs> I see. And we saw festivals like Garuna or um, others that are bringing European musicians and the effect of the European jazz on Romanian public. We said maybe it's not to the musician to try to persuade because it could be also an act of pressure on his art. Mm -hmm. It's not nice. But maybe uh, showing to the public what are the trends mm -hmm. in Europe would bring uh, a kind of uh, clear view, maybe a little bit of education, what are the line of jazz that are listening in Europe. There is a very yeah. beautiful Polish jazz. There is a strong Scandinavian jazz, could be Norwegian, Finnish. Swedish or Danish is very strong. They are considered the avant-garde of the jazz, not America. America mm. is a mainstream. French have a different, uh, different aesthetics. We brought a lot of French musicians. So these are trends that uh, a good jazz uh, lover must know. So we say, let's concentrate on this. Let's show to Romanians uh, what are the trends. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe in a day, these trends will be followed by our local musicians. Tell me a little about your plans for this year. What musicians are you planning to? Our plan bring? is to have a plan long term. <laughs> 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 Because what we did, it maybe you call it the first seven years. We are going now to the eight years of existence. So the first seven years was um, doing in a very let's say, spontaneous way. Mm -hmm. We make a concert, then we sing to the others. Then we start to say, let's do the springtime, then do the autumn mm -hmm. to have a broader view. We learn that uh, the more you plan ahead, the better is in this business. So our plan is to have a plan for a year. Okay. <laughs> we are very glad that we started this year with two concerts, and we did well because one of them is sold out into cities, Bucharest and Cluj. We are present also in the city of Cluj. And uh, we, have, we have a trio led by a lady from uh, Armenian origin, um, 
some also some Jewish uh, Jewish origin too, uh, living in France and uh, playing music in New York. So oh. we don't know how to localize it. Her name okay. is Masha Garibian, and she will come to Bucharest and Cluj for the first time. Uh, and both concerts are sold out. Rooms of 200 seats. This is our our mm. average uh, concert hall we we are present in. We have something more exotic, a Cuban uh, a Cuban musician uh, that will play in Bucharest and Cluj in April. Uh, her name is Ana Carla Maza. She is a daughter of uh, the pianist uh, Carlos Maza. Carlos Maza played a few years ago at Sibiu Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. And Ana Carla was on stage uh, little in, on her cello. She's doing jazz on Latin jazz on cello. Oh, nice. And uh, it will be a very good concert with two drummers, one classical jazz drummer, one Cuban percussion mm-hmm. drummer, and a piano cello and voice. Quite original, but very, let's say, um, rhythmical, you know, mm-hmm. like a la- lady jazz could be. In Bucharest, it's also quite well sold. Well, good luck. <laughs> and hope to hear good news about your concerts. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. That was Ciprian Moga talking about Jazz Fan Rising, an association of jazz lovers who invites current international musicians to perform in Romania. Living Romania This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. DX Mailbag Hello and welcome to DX Mailbag, the show aimed at our listeners across the world who send us reception reports and who are savvy with reception equipment. And we begin in the United States, more to the point, in North Carolina. And I will quote directly from the message we got, and it says, Dear Radio Romania, I enjoyed listening to your station tonight. I am a frequent listener and I have been for many years. The radio I am using is an AirSpy HF Plus Discovery connected to their U-Loop antenna. I have that connected to a Windows 11 HP 15 laptop running SDR software. My listening location is Elizabeth, North Carolina, the U.S. Date, February the 20th, 2023. UTC time, 0400 hours. Frequency in kilohertz, 6020. Simpo, 55455. Thanks for broadcasting on shortwave. Your signal on 6020 kilohertz is excellent, crystal clear and strong. I listen frequently and occasionally email QSL requests. Tonight's show was both educational and uplifting. Thank you for a wonderful show. Tim Brockett, Emigrant, Montana. Well, thank you very much, Tim, for the compliments, and obviously we are very happy that you have such great reception in such a remote place from our place of transmission. So anyway, we look forward to more reports. Thanks. 
and we'll keep it in the United States, this time in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we have a great listener and Idris Boudina, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who writes, to Radio Romania International, for the 20th of February, 2023, listening from 1800 p.m. to 1830 p.m. UTC, on the frequency of 9770 kHz. SIMPO 33223. ICOM receiver ICR6 antenna MLA30. Thank you for the report and please write again. And now we got another regular report from our good friend from Port Alberni, British Columbia in Canada, Chris Malduff. For the date of the 18th of February 2023, between 2300 hours UTC and 2355 UTC, using the frequency of 9620 kHz, with a Westminster, Maryland SDR receiver with a 120-foot antenna, T2FD type, reported a SIMPO of 55545. Noticing, slight fading noticed, signal excellent and clear at 2315 UTC. So, Thank you, Chris, for the report, and we're happy that we scored yet another almost perfect score in SIMPO in the North American continent. And we look forward to your next report, as usual. Thanks a lot. And yet another regular report from one of our regular listeners, this time from New Delhi, from India, our friend Jayanta Chakrabarti. And he writes, I am pleased to report on your broadcast of February the 22nd, 2023, which I listened to on the shortwave radio beamed to India and North American West Coast. Reception quality was good in the 60-20 kilohertz frequency, and I liked the presentation style. It was friendly, easy to understand, and most professional. And the following report is in brief. Date listened 22nd of February 2023, time 0400 to 0500 UTC, frequency 6020 kHz, quality of reception all fours, Receiver YB80 Grundig transistor with a telescopic antenna. Well, it seems this is a good month for reception on different continents. Maybe not as good as on the North American continent, but in India it seems to be going almost brilliantly. Thank you very much, sir, and let's hear from you again. And we don't have that many listeners in Russia, unfortunately, but one of them is our friend Yaroslav Merkushev, who writes, Hello, dear editorial staff of the radio. I want to send you a report on the reception of radio broadcasts. 
Date, 23rd of February, 2023, from 12.30 to 12.57 UTC. Frequency, 17,800 kHz in the 16-meter band in the English language. Receiver, XH Data, D-808. Antenna, Telescope. Location, Russia, Samara, inside the city. Simpo 45444. Well, excellent. Thank you very much, Yaroslav. It seems that we have, again, very good reception across the globe because Russia is as remote from India as it is from the United States. Well, relatively. But anyhow, we thank you very much for the report and we hope you get such good reception in the future as well. Спасибо. And we don't necessarily broadcast exactly for South America, but we have a bunch of listeners, many in Brazil, but this time we got a report from Costa Rica, a beautiful country in Central America. And the report is submitted by our friend Juandric Avila Fernandez. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And he writes, Dear friends of Radio Romania International, I hope you are very well. I inform you that I heard Radio Romania International under the following parameters. Date, February 23rd, 2023. Hours, 2318 to 2356 UTC. Frequency, 7220 kHz. Simpo, 555 Four, five. Yet another report was submitted for the 23rd as well, between 0100 and 0155 UTC, on the frequency of 5990 kHz, this time with a simpo of 45544. Yet another almost perfect score for yet another continent. Thank you very much, sir, and we look forward to another report from you. Well, I got ahead of myself because this was definitely not a perfect week because our friend Hiromichi Kinoshita from Fukuoka, Japan sent us a report in which he writes, Dear sirs, it is with great pleasure that I report reception of your broadcasting station as follows. Date, February 24th. Frequency, 9620 kHz. Time, 2300 to midnight UTC. Receiver, DGEN DE1103, Simpo 35333. So, this breaks our record for last week, but it is a good place to end DX Mailbag, and we wish all our listeners out there all 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk.
Welcome everyone to a new edition of Simply Folk at the Microphone, your host Vlad Palku. Today we will be introducing you to Anna Ispas, a popular folk vocalist from the region of Oltenia in southern Romania. Listen to her in a 1965 recording on the public radio, accompanied by the Doina Argeșului Ensemble. that our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821470 kilohertz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl@ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>